Hello, Hong Kongers and listeners around the world, and welcome to the 1st of January 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith, and welcome to a whole new decade. The countdown's finished, and we reset the clock to start the count up for the next 10 years. It's not been an easy time in Hong Kong, but if anyone is up for the challenge, it's the wonderful people in this city. As we're wandering the streets this week, we'll be listening to a story from Vincent about how he achieved a dream in his youth. And after Vincent, we'll hear from Nicole, who tells us of overcoming some difficulties when she was younger of her own. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge 2020 hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. Thanks for being there and for your support of storytelling in Hong Kong. We promise to continue to provide a place for people to come and share and learn to tell their stories in the new decade. Thanks go out to our world listeners as well. This week to listeners in Bernalillo in New Mexico in the United States, Bangkok in Thailand, and Pokhara in Nepal. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our storytellers are getting ready for our January 23rd live show that has the theme Ready, Steady, Go. It'll be held at the Fringe Club and I'm hosting. We have our recording devices set up for you to leave on-the-spot reviews, reflections and comments too. Just step up to the giant ear and tell us what you have to say. For tickets and all other information about the show, visit our website at hongkongstories.com. And now with the story from our June 2019 show, which had the theme Rewind, here is Vincent. It's 1969, the end of the swinging 60s. I'm 18 years old. I really love music, all kinds of music. I like rock, I like R&B, I like soul, I like Tamla, I like blues, any kind of music. And then if you give me live music, live music, raw power, I really love live music. I've got a small record collection, and my pride and joy is Freewheeling by Bob Dylan. It's the very first, if you remember them, LP. I ever bought. <laughs> I've just finished my A-levels. Wow, it's such a relief. It's such a weight off my shoulders. I feel, I feel free as a bird. But this bird wants to fly the nest. With my friend John, we found a summer job working in a Pontins holiday camp on the Isle of Wight, an island on the south coast of England. We get to the holiday camp, and it's a disappointment for me. It's next to a small village of just 3,500 people. There's no shops. There's no pubs. There's no transport. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's the back of beyond. I'm just 18 years old. I need fun. How can I have fun in a place like this? Our fellow workers were from London, the east end of London. They were Cockneys. 
They were tough. They were hard as nails. When they said jump, we jumped. When they said run, we ran. When they said work harder, we worked harder. So here I am stuck in the middle of nowhere with these crazy people. I mean, I don't think I can keep up with this. I don't think I can handle it. It's impossible. And then one day, one of my, uh, one of my friends there, Jim, uh, he's from Hackney, he said, uh, do you know uh, Bob Dylan's coming to the Isle of Wight? I, I ignored him. He takes drugs on the weekend. <laughs> what, what can you expect? And then a week later, I was talking to Julie, and Julie said, do you know, Bob Dylan's coming to the Isle of Wight. I thought, this is impossible. Two times the same story. I go back to Jim. I said, Jim, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, he said, there's going to be a music festival on the Isle of Wight. Bob Dylan is coming to the Isle of Wight. The Who is coming. A whole host of people are coming. The Moody Blues, Richie Havens, Joe Cocker. It just, the list went on and on. Oh, my eyes were lighting up. I was getting so excited. Hold your horses, he says. Hold your horses. You can't go. I thought, I can't go. All the tickets are sold out. All the tickets are sold out. It rattled around in my brain. All the tickets are sold out. All the tickets are sold out. Oh, my God. I'm here in the middle of nowhere. Bob Dylan's coming. And all the tickets are sold out. The 29th of August rolls around very, very quickly. We decide we're going to go to the, to the festival and have a look. We arrive in less than 10 minutes. When we arrive, there are so many people. So many people. I think we read there were going to be 150,000 people there. And there were so many hippies. <laughs> I'd seen them on the TV before, so I knew what they looked like. But here they were in real life. And one of them came up to me with a flower and said, peace and love. Peace, peace and love? Were they from California? Uh, and what was that over there? There's a big machine and it's pumping out foam. And people are diving into it. And, my God, some of them haven't got any clothes on. <laughs> we decide we want to go and see if we can find some music. But all we find is a big wooden barrier, 10 foot high. It seems to go on for miles. And there are people, there are guards patrolling it. And these guards have got... Alsatian dogs. I turned to my friend John. I said, John, what are you thinking? He said, come on, let's give it a go. So we wait for the guards to go. And when they're about 50 yards away, the two of us take a run at the wall and start climbing up the wall, <laughs> clambering up, clambering up. And, and I'm imagining these dogs 
coming behind, yapping at my heels. So I go quicker. We get to the top, we get over. We're in. We're in. And then we start to look around. Well, where's the stage? It was... We could hear music, but we couldn't see any stage. Then I saw in the distance, oh yeah, maybe that's it over there. We started walking towards the stage. There was a waft of marijuana on the air. (sighs) I breathed deeply. I want to breathe in the atmosphere. We get to watch the bonzos through a pair of borrowed binoculars. That was our first night at the festival. The second night comes. We're all psyched up to get over the top of the get over the top of the wall again. But when we arrive, some kind soul has dug a hole <laughs> under the barrier. Into the hole we're through. Just like that, we're in. We watch the Moody Blues. We watch Joe Cocker. We watch the pretty things. We revel in the atmosphere. We can see it all. We get so close, we can see it with our own eyes. We don't need the binoculars. The third night comes. This is the big one. This is the night for Bob. I'm, I'm, I'm full of expectation. I'm full of excitement. We arrive at the festival. Whole sections of the fence have gone. There's, there's, we just walk in. We, we feel like royalty. I say to John, John, we're going to get really close tonight. We really have to work at this. So off we set. We spend an hour winding our way through the crowd. We're still far away, far, far away. And I say to myself, come on, come on, just just give it a go, give it a go. We spend more time going through the crowd. We're 100 yards away now. We're in a fantastic position. Bob's late. He's late, but I don't care. I'll wait forever. The band comes on, warms us up. It's really good. The atmosphere is really building. And then Bob comes on. Bob Dylan, his first concert for three years. And we're there. His first concert since he broke his neck in a motorcycle accident. And we're there. The crowd goes crazy. And we go crazy too. He sings all my old favorites. It ain't me, babe. Uh, Like a rolling stone. It's just amazing. He's on for an hour. Is he going to come back for an encore? Is he going to come back for a second encore? He comes back for a third encore. We're going crazy. I stand there in rapture, facing a world of opportunity, and I make a vow to myself. 
If you really want it, give it a go. You can't get much more direct than that. If you really want it, give it a go. And if you really want to tell your story in the best way you can, come to a free workshop. You can find all the details you need to follow through on your resolutions to become a better storyteller on our website at hongkongstories.com. Give it a go. You won't be sorry you did. Now from a story in March 2016, here is Nicole. So my roommate Kim and I were sent to Guam to do a one-year internship in a hotel. We were arranged at staff quarters that is located miles away from the hotel. Everyone in Guam, from locals to tourists, they all drive except us. But since that there is no transportation available in Guam, we had issue going to work. So we had a strategy: hitchhiking. So oh, it's not it's not like that. Uh, so we'll t- <laughs> we'll pull two chairs from the apartment and we'll place them in the car park outside the staff quarters. Then we'll sit and wait uh, to catch a ride with the other expats to go to work. To me, hitchhiking is the safe but a boring version of gambling. You don't know who's going to drive you, and you don't know how long you have to wait. We know that we don't want to dr- we don't want to do that for a year. So, so we decided we'll get a driver's license in Guam, and then uh, and then we'll get a cheap used car for one year. So we both took a written test, and then we were given a driving permit. Even though the driving permit only allows you to drive when accompanied by somebody with driver's license, Kim immediately got herself a car and started driving. Life has gotten a little bit better with one of us driving, but that was not enough. So, because we because we work in different departments and our hours are very different, so I still need to hitchhike most of the time. And then, and then I also get a little bit jealous when I see her going out freely after work, going to nice but less crowded beaches, hanging out for dinner, and I got nothing. I was really jealous. But then I also thought of the risk of me breaking the law, and then got caught, deported to Hong Kong, failing the internship, and more importantly, being back, like being blacklisted by the U.S. government. I don't want to take that risk. But then the idea came back after I waited two hours to get back to the staff quarter at work after like one in one day. And, um, and this time the idea doesn't go away. I was desperate. I thought perhaps I should take this more risky, but a but, but a more exciting bet. I can have my freedom. I can have a control of my life, but then I thought I don't really know if I can drive. I mean, I have taken classes with the driving instructor, but he seemed to worry that he's going to die every time, and he sat next to me. He will hold a side. He will hold a sidebar like this, 
and then with the other hand holding the brick, and then he will keep looking at me. But I thought the only way I can find out is to actually try it. So I asked Kim to lend me her car to drive to work one day. I was very cautious. I drove at a very, very safe, precisely slow speed, and then I grip the、um, the steering wheel really firmly. I look ahead. I basically look ahead the whole time. I drove like an Asian woman. <laughs> Then I step on the brake at the traffic light. I didn't step on the brake firm enough, I think, and bam! I hit the truck in front of me. The driver in the truck waved at me, signaled me to pull over. So I pull over to the side, and I saw this big. Local Chamorro guy came out from the truck. You hit my car. Let's call the police. Oh, please, please, don't call the police. We can sort it out. You don't have to call the police. You hit my car. Call the police. No, 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 no. Please don't call the police. I am driving with a permit. Please don't. You can't drive with a permit. Please, I'll pay you. We fix the car, and everything is fine. So he started looking at the car. The car looks fine. No bump, no scratch, no scratch, no crack, nothing. To me, the car just we just touch each other like this, nothing. But then he so he shook his head. No, that need a big fix. Just give me the money. This is fine. I'll pay you. Hmm, a hundred bucks. So we drove, and so I so we drove to the nearest ATM. I I handed him a one hundred dollar U.S. bill, and then I decided I'll go back and do the boring version of gambling. Thank you. Thanks for listening to these stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone. Has a story to tell. <laughs>